Praise God indeed, alleluia. It is Easter. That is good news. Easter is the greatest day of the year when our salvation is realized. Because if Jesus Christ just dies and doesn't come back to life, then there is no salvation. It does not exist. And so praise God that he rose from the dead. And we should be so joyful over this reality. We should be exuding joy at the fact that we are saved. And so the question for each one of us is, have we truly experienced this resurrection? Have we truly experienced Jesus Christ being risen from the dead? In fact, for just a moment, think of somebody in your life who you love who has died. Whether it's a parent, a grandparent, a sibling, or a child, or a friend. Just call someone to mind. And that moment they died was a moment of extreme sadness. That moment for the apostles was extreme sadness. Hope seemed to be gone. And for whoever you have in your mind, the second they die, there is a sense of hope being gone. The love you received from them is no longer there. Now, if three days later, after you buried that person, after the funeral took place, the wake happened, everyone processed in and said their goodbyes, had the mass the next day, closed the casket, and put that person six feet in the ground. If three days later, they knocked on your door and showed up, that person you have in your mind, if they showed up, you'd go, what? is happening how are you back you just we buried you three days ago and you would run and you would embrace them and you'd be so joyful that the person you loved who died and was buried in the ground is now back again not only would you be so joyful that you wouldn't be able to contain that joy that you'd be like knocking on other people's doors you'd be like hey uh, my mom, she died. We buried her three days ago, and she's back. She is walking around town. What is happening? You would be telling everybody. And so this is why the church, for 2,000 years, has been spreading this good news across the entire world. Because for the apostles, for those people who walked and talked with Jesus, he went and he cured the blind, he healed those who couldn't hear, he rose the dead, he cured ailments, he was the hope of the world, and then he died. And they went home thinking, what now? We've all experienced that after death. What now? How do I live when the one I love is gone? And then when he showed up, they ran to that tomb. And when they saw him again, they ran to him, embraced him, and did not stop proclaiming that truth. And this is what we proclaim. This is good news. And so have we experienced it? And when I was praying over this idea of experiencing Jesus Christ risen from the dead, what came to my mind was one of the most significant moments of experiencing the resurrection in my life, which was actually a couple of years ago, I was blessed to go and live in the Holy Land, which is in the Middle East, Israel, Jerusalem, Bethlehem, 
were all the places that Jesus walked and talked. So I lived there for 10 weeks, for two and a half months. I was a month just down the street in Bethlehem from the place where Jesus was born into the world. And for a month every day, I was able to walk just five minutes down the street and go to the little cave where Jesus was born. And right on this cave, this stable, is built a big, beautiful church. So I would go there every day and pray. After that, we spent about a week in Galilee where Jesus walked on water, where he took five loaves and two fishes and fed 5,000 people. And so every day for a week, I'd be able to walk and sit on the sea where he walked on water. And the place where he fed those 5,000, a big, beautiful church. After that, I was able to go to Nazareth where he was risen, where he rose, where he uh, was born and then was uh, taught by Mary and Joseph and lived there as he grew up. And so I was able to go there in a big, beautiful church. And after that, I spent a month in Jerusalem. And every day for a month, I was able to walk down the street and see the actual location of Calvary, where he's crucified. And where Calvary is, is a big, beautiful church. And in that same church is his tomb. The very tomb when they put him in there, and he rose from the dead. And so every day, I was like experiencing the truth of the resurrection. Because so often for each one of us, 2,000 years after this event... It is very far from us. I mean, Jesus Christ could have lived like on Mars for all we know. He could have been so far away because it's so distant from who we are. And there I was, touching the place where he died. There I was, touching Calvary. And so at one point, we were blessed. We heard we were going to the Jordan River where Jesus Christ was baptized. At this point, I've been there for about six weeks. And so, like every other holy site, I'm anticipating to go there and find a big, beautiful church, something incredible. And so we get up in this bus, we drive for a couple hours, the, par- the bus parks, and we walk out, we're in the middle of like a desert, nothing's really around, and they're like, all right, we're going to walk and go see the river. And so we are walking, and I'm like looking like, all right, where is this big, beautiful church? Where's it at? I don't see anything. And all of a sudden, they're like, all right, here it is. This is where Jesus was baptized. And what I was looking at was a small river from about where I'm standing to the wall, maybe the length of two and a half pews. Not that big, and it was like brown, gross, dirty, murky water. And the grass was like unkept and like six feet tall. Nothing looked clean. And on one side is one country, on the other side is another country. And so this country has soldiers with machine guns, and that side has soldiers with machine guns. And they said, you can go in the water and touch it, uh, but don't cross the invisible line. If you cross the invisible line, you're in their country. They're not going to be big fans of that. They're going to use those machine guns. Okay, I'm not going in. Not gonna go over there. <laughs> and so I'm standing there and I'm like, this is it? This is where the God of the universe was baptized? What? This is just gross, dirty water, overgrown grass, and division. Why are we here? And I remember thinking, why are any, why is anyone here? Why do four million people a year travel to go see this location? Why? And all of a sudden I realized that 
four million people a year will travel to go to this dirty, brown, gross water, overgrown grass and division because God touched it. Because God went into that water. And they recognize if God was here, then I want to be here. And so now what they do is they, they bring bottles of water, they empty out the water, then they fill their bottle up with this river water, then they pack it up, they put it in their suitcase, they travel back home, and then when they un open up their suitcase, they take out the bottle of water, and they go to their friends and they say, check this out. Do you see this bottle? Do you know what this is? And people go, ugh. Yeah, that looks like brown, gross, dirty water. And they go, yes. But this is the water where Jesus was baptized. This is the water that God touched. And now all of a sudden the people go, Whoa, I want some of that water. Can I have some? I mean, if God touched me, if it can just touch me, then maybe I too will be transformed. Maybe something incredible will happen to me. So give me some of that water. And you see, that's the mystery of salvation. Too often we think that God is too perfect for us. Too often we think that Jesus came to condemn us or condemn the world, but that is a lie. God is not waiting for us to be perfect. God is not waiting for us to be different. God wants to meet us exactly where we are in our brokenness, in our dirtiness, in all that's going on in our lives, in our junk. And He gets exactly where He wants to go because the God of the universe was not born on some beautiful mountaintop with a sunset in the background. He was dirt born in a dirty stable. The God of the universe was not baptized into some perfectly clean river with like fish jumping all over the place. No, he was in dirty brown gross water. And the God of the universe did not save us in some beautiful way. Rather, he died the most bloody death there is. He took on our sin. And so it's precisely in our brokenness that he wants to live. And we have to destroy this lie that he's waiting for us to be better. No, he wants us now. And so wherever we are in our faith journey, whether we go to Mass every day, once a week, or just a couple times a year, God wants to take us where we're at, and that is good news. He wants to get into your brokenness, and he wants to transform you. He wants to say, let me just touch your brokenness, and I will transform you. I will do radical things. So let's not be afraid. After I left the Holy Land, after I visited all those holy places, I remember being back on the plane and going, gosh, I don't want to go home. I want to stay where God was. I want to touch the places He touched. And I remember that following Sunday I was at Mass and still feeling that. I want to be where God is. I want to be at Mass at the tomb when I touched the slab where He died. And all of a sudden, the priest raised the host, which is not a symbol, which is not a metaphor. Jesus Christ said, this is my body. This is my blood. And when he walked around on earth, people said, that's not God. That looks like a guy. He's got skin, he's got hair, 10 fingers, 10 toes. That's not God. That's a person. And we can look at the Eucharist and say, that's not God. Looks like bread, tastes like bread. Smells like wine. 
But just as people could not see God in the appearance of the man, so at times we have to ask God to give us the gift of faith. And he said, this is my body. And so the actual God of the universe is present in that host right after the priest consecrates it. When the priest says, this is my body, Jesus Christ is speaking and he shows up on this altar. And so the priest raised it in the air and he said, behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. And all of a sudden I went, whoa. In just a moment, I'm not just going to touch what God touched. The actual God of the universe is going to go inside of my very body. He's going to make his home in me. Because at the end of the day, I am a mortal man and I am going to die. Each one of us cannot escape that. And each one of us in this church today, we all know that we are in a sinking ship. And because of our brokenness, because of our sin, we know we're sinking. We feel it. We feel at times the depression. We feel the despair. We feel the loneliness. We can be in a room with people we love and still feel alone. And we ask ourselves, who is going to save me from this sinking ship? And we realize at the end of the day, our spouse cannot save us. Our children cannot save us. Our parents cannot save us. No one on this earth can save us. There's only one name in all of heaven and earth that can, and his name is Jesus Christ, and it's this death and resurrection that is going to save you. We consume immortality, and therefore he destroys our sin and death, and we can live in the sure and certain hope that he is going to transform our lives, that he is going to take us out of our brokenness, that he is going to set us free, and all we have to do is say yes. All we have to do is go to Him. Daily in prayer, weekly at Mass, in the confessional where He wants to free us. If we simply say yes, give Him 15 minutes of prayer, this Mass, and confession, He will do radical things. Every single person I've met with in my priesthood, when they truly devote their lives to prayer and the sacraments, I see people risen from the dead. I see people who were once dead have come back to life. So each one of us knows that there's part of our heart that is dying. And in just a moment, you receive life. So do not be afraid. We reject the lie of the evil one that we will not be changed. We reject him. We send him back to hell where he belongs. Jesus Christ destroyed sin and death. In just a moment, God goes inside of you. Let him inflame you with his love. And once you are blazing with his love, you will be burning with his desire. And then people will see you and want to come to watch you burn. And so let us say yes and burn for Jesus Christ.